All right, welcome back to Wrestling Retold and Relived with Richie Mars. I, of course, am your gracious host, Richie Mars, and I am here today with my main man, Mr. Seth. How are we doing today, sir? I'm doing good, Richie. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back to host for a fourth time. Of course, man. You, like I said, you're always invited onto the show, and we are going to talk about a very interesting topic because this week we're happening again. It's NXT versus AEW, but we're not only going to talk about this week, we're going to talk about the origins of the supposed Wednesday Night War. Seth, when NXT was first developed, at least this version of NXT, I'm not talking about the game show version. I'm not talking about, you know, the trivia questions they had, the punch out things they had to do. I'm talking about NXT as Triple H's baby. What do you remember of it? Uh, so going back when it was on the network mm-hmm. before it was even on USA. When, all right. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, I know when it first started, it had that stink of the game show on it. Um, but once Triple H took it over and they basically morphed it with, with FCW, mm-hmm. um, I started watching it when it was on the network. Um, right around the time... I, I, you know, I, I'm, I want to say when I started getting into NXT, the champion was, could it, was, would it, would it have been Bo Dallas? Was Bo Dallas NXT champion back then? Yes. 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 That's, so that's around the time I started watching. Um, Seth Rollins had already, had already moved on. Um, so I missed the Seth Rollins reign, um, you know, but, um, it, I think it was the the alluding to you know the Shield guys as being from NXT is what made me you know start uh, oh I could I could start watching NXT you know on the network you know I guess it's not a game show anymore um, and and that's kind of what it was it was you know hearing them talk about it you know the Shield was from there and all right let's watch it and and I liked it and I, what I always liked about it was just the quality um, you know I always felt like. The women's matches were, were, you know, you know, were actually hard hitting matches. The matches in general, you know, were hard hitting for everybody, but especially the women, um, you know, and you didn't get matches like that, you know, on, on SmackDown and Raw back then. Right. Um, and it didn't have, it didn't have some of the nonsense of, you know, you know, of just the, the, the bad attempts at, you know, you know, I want to say entertainment that were, you know, that may not have been entertaining, you know, like the songs and dance when, you know, they'd have guys do the dance, you know, you'd have like Natalia and, and uh, the great Kali doing their dance contest on a Monday Night Raw, you know, so things like that had sent me to the alternative, which I guess would have been NXT. And then it, as it got bigger, you know, when it was going on the net, when, when it started going on USA Network, mm-hmm. um, when they had guys like, like Shinsuke um, and Finn, um, KO and Sami Zayn, you know, the revival, um, Enzo and Cass. You know, I mean, that was the golden age. Um, I, I went down uh, Bobby Roode, you know. Um, is it safe to I say to is it safe to say that NXT uh, back then was kind of like WWE's version of a Ring of Honor or an Impact Wrestling yeah. in terms of talent? Because as you were alluding to, to the women's side of things where the, the women's wrestling was the main focus of the show. TNA had that with the knockouts division in 2007 with the Gail Kim with awesome Kong. And then you had 
the four horsewomen as we know now and now mm-hmm. yet all these independent ta- talents like a Sami Zayn, uh, Cesaro, yeah. Kevin Owens, all these different guys along with some homegrown guys like a uh Enzo, Cass, etc that are yeah. coming from this giant like for lack of a better term a WWE super indie. Yes. And but that's what they were doing and they were bringing in you know the big stars from New Japan and from from Ring of Honor to be in NXT, you know, they were bringing in guys like Samoa Joe and Bobby Roode, you know, from impact for NXT, you know, it's almost like triple H was signing the guys, you know, knowing full well, Vince wasn't going to put them on Raw and SmackDown. So he just put them on, on his show and it eventually made NXT the best of the three shows. Yeah. Let's talk about that that for a bit. Yeah. Remember the year at Survivor Series when they, when they just, they took everything. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to that and the reason why that happened. But with, uh, as you said, like all these Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor guys coming to NXT, it's almost like Triple H was creating a hub of all the best talents in the world for one giant all-star show. And the mm-hmm. reason why, or at least one of the main reasons why this show caught wind and fire was that it was only an hour long. It was an hour, yes. hour long a week, and it was easy to digest the angles. It was easy to ge- digest the special editions coming up, the takeovers that were uh, their pay-per-views at this or network specials, you know, phenomenal shows. And it was a great thing that Triple H had at that point in time. So we're going to fast forward a little bit, and then we're going to 2019 with the creation of All Elite Wrestling, the announcement that came in January, a company fronted by... Jacksonville Jaguars owner Tony Khan in partnership with the Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, and Kenny Omega, also known as the Elite. Now, when this announcement occurred, what was your first reaction to a new wrestling league? Were you surprised? Do you think it was a little bit overdue? What were your thoughts on that? Listen, I mean, you've had you've had other sh- other other uh, shows, other leagues, you know, over the years. I mean, eventually there was you had it. You have to have competition. Right. Otherwise, the product goes stale. Um, you know, have, have other companies, you know, look, look to become as big as like WCW was back in the 90s. Sure. Had it happened? No. Um, mainly because a lot of them didn't have TV deals, you know. Um, but, you know, definitely was definitely exciting to uh, to get, you know, that there was going to be something else to watch. I think us us wrestling fans, we just love having content to watch. Now, the rumor at the time was it was a deal either between Showtime or TNT-TBS, and eventually it became TNT-TBS. Did you feel nostalgic with another wrestling show on a Turner Network growing up in the Monday Night Wars era? So, I think we were talking about this before. You know, when I was a kid, my, my, my Saturdays were mornings watching, you know, wrestling superstars on Channel 9 or 11. And then at night, 6.05, NWA slash WCW, you know, on TNT, TBS, you know, you know really TBS. And then TNT during the uh, the Turner Monday Night War. So, yeah, it definitely was, yeah, like, you know, like, wow, all right, you know, a major network. This is good, you know, because you, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, you know, you know, they're going to get prime airtime on TNT, TBS, you know, not like when, uh, you know, ECW was on around here. Uh, on like Friday or Saturday nights, like one in the morning was the time you you would catch it, you know, 
Right. Um, you know those. You know those random times or growing up when a uh, world class championship wrestling was on at like weekly at like four in the afternoon. You know, like didn't. You know, TNT TBS always gave prime time to wrestling, so you know it was. Yeah, it's a little definitely was a little nostalgic and a good feeling for an upstart promotion. Yeah, and let's talk about their first major signing I consider for AEW, and that being Chris Jericho. Now, with Chris Jericho, he finished a stunt with WWE a year or two before, and he went to Japan for a little bit, had this super mega match with Kenny Omega in New Japan, which was based off the idea that the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor boxing match happened. So Chris Jericho said, what if wrestling was like that? And it was formulated by Don Callis and it did big business. You know, New Japan World subscriptions skyrocketed because of this match. How important is Chris Jericho to the creation of AEW? Is he a major factor? Do you think anyone could have been in that spot? Or do you think Jericho was the right guy? I think you needed someone like Jericho to legitimize it. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise, you know, I mean, you look at the big stars, you know, J- Jericho is a, is a major player, right? I mean, he's, he's, he's been in, in, in Japan. He's been in ECW. He's been in WCW. You know, he's was in WWE, you know, uh, I heard he years. beat the rock and Steve Austin the same night. I'm not sure if he mentioned I, I've that. Heard that. I, I've, I've heard that once or twice. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, I've heard that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, for, you know, you got a guy like that, he's going to legitimize the product, you know, and, you know, he, you know, he gives, gives someone a reason to watch, you know, I, I know everyone, you know, not every, not everyone who's turning, tuning in may know who the elite are, you know, mm-hmm. you know, simply, you know, because if you don't, it, it's, it, it was hard you know, unless you're watching them, you know, on like YouTube for a lot of times, Ring of Honor programming was hard to find. It was. Yeah, um, I agree. If you yeah. didn't have HDNet when they had that deal, yeah. then you wouldn't have no idea that they had TV shows or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, the first time I actually, you know, I, I used to, you know, when I would be out in Vegas, I would see, uh, I would see Ring of Honor. I think I saw them twice out there. And one of the first times I saw them, you know, was one of the first times I was like, wow. I'm like, I have no idea who some of these guys are, but it was definitely, I I followed up afterwards, you know, and I'm sitting there on the plane on the way home. And I'm like, like, I got to, got to look into some of this stuff, you know, because these guys are good, you know, but yeah, someone like Jericho is going to bring eyes to the product. And speaking of bringing eyes to the product, originally Mm -hmm. AEW was trademarked the name Tuesday night dynamite. And it was going to be airing on Tuesdays. Unfortunately, if you watch TNT or TBS, they have NBA on Tuesdays. Yeah, so I remember this. This wasn't going to be viable for AEW Dynamite. So it was agreed upon that it would go on Wednesdays. Now, at the time, NXT was a part of the network. Only an hour-long TV right. show, but you could watch it on the network. Then, all of a sudden closer and closer to the debut date of AEW Dynamite, it was announced that NXT not only would be going to USA Network, but it will be going to two hours and on the same time slot as AEW. Now, when you heard this announcement that not only is NXT off the network, it's now going to be on USA Network. Did you look at that as a pro or a con? And in the addition of another hour of television. So, 
you know, I think that's what happens when, uh, when, when, when the networks get involved that, you know, everyone wants a piece of the pie. Um, you know, I, I think they've handled the two hours fine. You know, I liked it as one hour. Um, mm-hmm. I like it as two hours. Um, you know, I didn't think it really, you know, it's, it, it didn't ever feel like it was drawn out. You know, I, it, it never felt like I was dozing off, you know, mm-hmm. watching it. Um, it just got more, more, uh, more talent on TV every week. You know, um, you know, I just, to me, I was a little nervous. Well, I don't want to say nervous. Um, you know, you know, NXT was becoming bigger, you know, mm-hmm. than, than Raw and SmackDown. So the question is how, would, what's going to end up happening? Cause this, this is still technically developmental, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I remember being at, um, superstar access it was uh the new orleans one so was that 30 34 34 yeah and i mean just you know and the way they were doing it those years pre-covid where basically you'd have you know around they'd have a huge convention center and around it you'd have like five or six different stations you know where every you know two hours they would just switch out the talent Mm-hmm. Um, and people were online. Great. If not, you, you, they had a big board telling you who was who and you'd see people running over and the NXT talent, they had the biggest lines, you know, they had the biggest lines that year. So you knew something was going to happen. Um, mm-hmm. they weren't going to let the developmental have, you know, have that much attention and not be on TV. Now let's talk about the transition to the network, to actual mm-hmm. television, because, during this time, to promote NXT going to TV, that year Survivor Series, it was always Raw versus SmackDown for the last couple of years. And then we're going to throw NXT in the mix to make sure they're the legitimate third brand of WWE. Right. Now, they came out of the gate hot. You know, there was that, I believe, crown jewel where a couple of SmackDown talents couldn't make it back to the States in time. Mm-hmm. So that SmackDown was rampant with NXT championships like Adam Cole defending the NXT championship with Daniel Bryan, Matt Riddle and Keith Lee attacking. I believe they attacked the Miz. Uh, You had Tommaso Ciampa. You'd want to attack the Miz. (laughs) (laughs) You know, all just all these guys, all these great introductions to NXT and what these guys are about. Now survivor series is an interesting because Survivor Series was created as a counter to WCW Starcade back in the 1980s. Yep. So it's pretty cool that kind of like a full circle moment, NXT is being pushed right out of the gate for all the world to see against the competition. Now, Correct. I'm going to put a hypothetical scenario th- at your way, Seth. So please feel free to volley back at me. Do you think this was the best introduction to NXT for television fans? I think we talked about this once. Um, It's hard. You know, when you start high, there's only one direction to go, Mm. you know? Right. And by having, you know, and my, my, my take on it at the time was by having NXT sweep the Survivor Series, there's only one direction for them to go now. You know, mm-hmm. if you're going to start at the top, you, you know, the, the, you're at the, you're at the top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. 
There's only one way to go. Right. So, you know, I almost felt like it was too much too soon. And I think we, we've spoken about this. I think, yeah. was, you know, I mean, do you really want it? Are you going to say it's developmental and then have the developmental guys who, by the way, all the guys that were on Survivor Series from developmental NXT were all, you know, guys that had been wrestling for many years on, you know, in Ring of Honor, in New Japan, you know. So they weren't your traditional developmental guys to begin with. You know, it was almost like NXT of all like the, the top indie stars, basically, right? The right. top Ring of Honor guys, the top New Japan guys. Um, you know, so they weren't really develop. I think what we have today is more developmental, but that's another, we'll talk about that yeah. in a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so you're going to come in, you know, and have these guys who weren't created in WWE take out the Raw and SmackDown sides at Survivor Series, you knew that wasn't going to last long. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about yep. that, because under the regime of Vince McMahon, right. there was no way that the new third brand, the new third child, rather, is going to mm-hmm. overtake his original love, which is Monday Night Raw, and SmackDown to a Correct. certain degree. So was it wise for NXT to be the one to go head to head with AEW because if you want the stomp a fire out before it gets too big, then you wouldn't kind of like, for lack of a better term, half-ass stomp it out. I mean, who's to say that they were, you know, that was done intentionally, you know, uh, (laughs) and if you were going to do that, wouldn't you want your hottest brand to be the one to do it? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you could make an argument for both, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, I think I think the real see. I think the real dagger to NXT, you know, w- was COVID. I think that you know, I mean, it, it, it's hard. It's it, you know, it's hard to judge because you know, you, you had this pandemic that mm-hmm. kind of killed killed the whole momentum of everything. You know, um, guys weren't able. You, you couldn't. It, it, there was no training. There was no. You know, it, there was no. You know. To seeing people in person, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, they didn't have the uh, performance center and they didn't have, you know, the uh, the Thunderdome for NXT. So, right. you know, I'm going to I think, th- that, I think that hurt them. I, I agree. I, I do think it hurt NXT, but I'm going to rewind a little bit. We're going to go a little bit pre pandemic here. OK, let's go to presentation because NXT okay. full sale university. Great. Right. Great. Love- Yes. Great, great vibe, great building, great underground feel. Better underground than raw underground. Correct. Then you have AEW, bright colors, arenas, lighting's good, set is great. Nice little throwback to the past. A little little nitro like. Yeah. So the presentation of AEW blew NXT Mm -hmm. out of the water. I don't think there's any denying that. Sure. But. But if you're that's if you're looking for a presentation feel, you know what I mean? With NXT, if you're not looking for that underground like feeling, which mainstream wrestling hasn't been since the Mm -hmm. raw, you know, the big raw letters in the Manhattan Center days, you know, so when you're looking Mm -hmm. at these AEW crowds packed to the brim, loud as can be, and then you see the more intimate NXT audience it doesn't mm-hmm. feel comparable at times, just atmosphere-wise. Right. But, I mean, would it, but would it have felt the same if they would have thrown NXT into those large arenas 
That's what I'm it getting to this have, point. It would, with, yeah, it wouldn't have felt the same. Right. That's the thing. With, it, it would do with that NXT, for takeovers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with NXT, I'm going to throw, throw this to you. Was NXT always going to be too small to be big, too big to be small? Well, I, and I think we would, like I was just saying, you know, that the beauty of NXT was you had, you had, you had its home base in, in full sale. Mm-hmm. They were there every week, almost a la WCW Saturday night, you know, coming from, uh, you know, the uh, Disney MGM studios, you right every week, right. You know, back in the day. And then they had their takeovers at bigger, at, you know, bigger arenas, you know, once every couple of months, mm-hmm. you know, WCW would have their pay-per-views you know, every couple of months. And these are the before, right. and, I'm, and this is before, obviously before the uh, Nitro days, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously Nitro was, you know, more more like AEW, you know, when it came to the big crowds. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, uh, you know, the, like I said, I think it would have been very strange if you would have all of a sudden, you know, gone and said, all right, we're going from the network and full sale, and now we're going to put NXT in big arenas every week like we do for SmackDown and Raw. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been the same thing. I guess what I'm and saying is, I'm guess what I'm saying, like appearance wise, financial mm-hmm. wise, was NXT at a disadvantage because it didn't have the production as big as AEW. If it did, it, I never know. It, it, I'm saying it didn't. It didn't harm the product for me watching it. I understand it didn't harm the product for you, yeah. but can you see how other people might have leaned towards AEW that, due to that fact? You know, if if people think size matters, then yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as we're going with the whole AEW NXT, uh, NXT prior to because uh, uh, COVID, we're we're getting into COVID. <laughs> but I'm just going when NXT went to the network, uh, or oh, okay. went to US went to USA net uh, USA network. Hmm. They had like a two week run where it was like an hour on the network, then an hour of USA. Correct. And those couple Correct. of weeks were really good ratings. They were about a, a little bit over a million per viewing. So then we get to the first AEW show. AEW gets a almost a one one point five million. Let me see here. Yeah, about 1.5 million in viewers. And then NXT gets around like 800,000, around that area. Now, those first couple numbers, do you think because of the lack of promotion to NXT going on the USA Network? Because AEW has pretty much been building up, going to Dynamite since the beginning of its creation. Do you think that would put NXT at a disadvantage, even though it technically was on a network longer? Sure. I mean, I mean, if you notice, I mean, even now they 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 mention NXT regularly on Raw and SmackDown. They didn't they weren't doing it at the beginning, right? You know, so it definitely hurt them. Definitely, it was like, oh yeah. By the way, you know, Wednesday night you'll have you know NXT. You know, mm-hmm. now I mean it's promoted. You know, yeah. you know. The way they're doing it now, I mean, if, if had they done it, if it promoted it the way back then, the way they're promoting it now, I think you would have, you know, a totally different scenario, without a doubt. Yeah, and then we get more into the ratings uh, war, I guess you could say, and now all this talk about 
viewership and demos. Let me go for uh, viewership first. So NXT had a great run of viewership over AEW during that whole Survivor Series build and that Survivor Series fallout. But then after the fact, that's when AEW starts to take over slowly but surely. And going through my research, which is looking up the Wednesday Night Wars, NXT would win viewership if it was like a super show or a special show. You know, you had the Halloween Havoc, the New Year's Mm -hmm. Evil. I think that was New Year's Evil was the only one like major show that didn't overtake AEW in viewership. But, you know, it's like so special shows like St. Valentine's Day Massacre, etc. So my question to you is. Where do you think the crossover between NXT and AEW is? Is it that dependent on the card? Is it dependent on who's on the show? What do you think was the important drawing factor? Great question. Not an easy one. That's, <laughs> That's a why I asked question. it. Yeah, yeah thanks. You know, <laughs> and it's it, it, it's you know weird because I mean, obviously, you know, when it first started, you know, I, I'd flip between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, it, it's hard, you know, because on those big on those big NXT shows, they they were promoted more. It's just really what it comes down to. I think for a lot of people, if they know there's going to be some, you know, if they know Sasha Banks is going to be on NXT, you know, there's a good chance more people are going to tune in. Right. Um, if if there's no promotion on one show and then you have AEW where they're promoting, you know, Chris Jericho is going to be here and this person's going to be here and that, you know, people are going to watch it. Yeah, you got Chris so, Jericho, John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, all these Guys, and plus all these people that we couldn't have access to see TV until now. Like you'll right. have Young Bucks, you'll have a Kenny Omega, yeah. you'll have you never uh, got to see on TV before. Yeah, so that extra intrigue is there because it was pretty much a self-made movement. And speaking of that movement, yeah. let's uh, rewind a little bit to Triple H's Hall of Fame speech because he made a crack about. Billy Gunn being a part of a pissant company and company. Now I took it as a joke, you know, just, it was a throwaway joke. Wasn't meant to be serious. A lot of people like to be serious with this. Yeah. It made me laugh. What did you think about the out, (laughs) the outrage due to this? Well, I mean, we live in, don't we live in a cancel culture? I'm surprised people didn't want to cancel triple H for that. All right. I laughed. I, I thought it was funny, you know, in the moment, and it makes you wonder how many people actually heard him say it at the Hall of Fame and how many people just read the, uh, you know, the, the, the internet. Yes, the internet, which would have headlines. Triple H, Triple H calls AEW piss and company, but never actually saw the saw the video and watched the, you know, and actually watched the speech. Right. Because right? I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a large number of those people, too, that are like, oh, my God, he insulted AEW, said it was piss. We watched it. Yeah. You know, we actually saw it. You know, they were goofing around. You know, Billy Gunn, who was there uh, for the for the DX Hall of Fame speech, you know, made a crack about, you know, I could say Vince's name. I don't work here. He can't fire me. You know? Right. And Triple H followed it up with a goof, you know, even more goofy. You know, mm-hmm. he will buy your piss hand company just to <laughs> fire you. You know? <laughs> and he, I don't think he meant anything else other than that. Just yeah. to be goofy. 
and go with what the act they were doing. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of the people who got offended by it, you know, never even saw the Hall of Fame speech to begin with. This is my take on it. And it's one of those things where people want conflict so yes. badly because mm-hmm. we're we're from New York. So we know you remember the Yankee versus Met argument till the end of time, the giant versus it's jet argument at the end of time. Still you know, on. yes, it still goes on. People like having a team to root for. And Correct. there's a difference between rooting for something and then being tribalistic against the person you're rooting for, you well, know, where it's like, yeah, you know, we so it's before, where I think the war has really been more the fans starting this war than the actual companies, you know, starting a war. Yeah. And it you seems know, like, like most things are amicable between the two companies yeah. for the most part, because if you see well, like when John, part. when John Cena was having his celebration, a lot of AEW talent sent yes. in videos congratulating him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like to- Tony uh, Khan, let Billy go. Yeah, Tony Khan, let Billy Gunn on Hall of Fame, all that stuff. Yeah. You know, Stone Cold had, had Chris Jericho on. They talked about AEW on, mm-hmm. on the Stone Cold podcast. They talked about it for a good on, while, too. On, which was on the WWE Network, right? Yeah. So, you know, there, and meanwhile, there was a time where, you know, growing up, you never heard them mention WCW or, you know, on, on WWF programming. It was down south, they would call it, you know? Right. Or, or 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 they came from somewhere else. They would yeah, never mention the company. So and they even had yeah, uh, think- Sami Zayn mention AEW once in like Corey Graves' electric chair segment on Raw. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like one of those things where it's like 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 there there's competition between them, but it's not like venomous like it was back in WCW WWF days. No one's no one trying to put someone out of business. Yeah. You know, but, whereas Ted Turner was trying to put WWF out of business. Mm-hmm. You know, look how that turned out for him. Yeah, um, and now, you know, and now we got trying. with, uh, and now we got with AEW during this time. In January 2020, they extended AEW's deal throughout 2023 with a network option for 2024 and an extra hour of TV, which turned into AEW Rampage. Now, when you heard this, that hey, AEW's probably not going to go around for a while. Were you happy for the company? Did you think there were some more? Uh, tweaking that needed to be involved in, with within AEW concerning like storytelling or wrestling. What was your opinion on AEW at this point? I mean, I think AEW's, you know, it seemed like at one point they, they had, it was almost like very cookie cutter where, and I, and I hate to use that term uh, for everything, but mm-hmm. I, you know, it almost seemed like if a guy came in from WWE, they would appear on, you know, They'd appear on dynamite. They would cut, cut a promo, you know, so much better here. They would end up on Jericho's podcast talking about, you know, like, like Christian did or big show did when they went over, you know, and they, they, they go to Jericho podcast and then they would go wrestle on, you know, dark and elevation, you know, and then you'd see them again on dynamite and then you'd see them on, on rampage. And it just seemed like there was, that was the same formula, very formulaic, you know, in a way now, now were, I know you mentioned were... uh, I know you mentioned Christian and Big Show. Were those the two that really kind of irked you? That kind of did that sort of thing, or was there like a superstar that was in the thick of the company that then jumped over to AEW that kind of rubbed you the wrong way about like 
I, I like I'm so glad I'm here in AEW. WWE was not the place right now. Yes, CM Punk. <laughs> CM Punk. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I, Big Show surprised me when he signed. You know, it was because, you know, even though he was, a, you know, homegrown WCW guy, I mean, 20 years in WWE, he was to me a WWE lifer, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and not for nothing, but for what he's doing, he could have done the same thing on WWE television, too. Um, I think he was probably on WWE television still more than he is on AEW now. Mm-hmm. But hey, you get older, you you know, you want you want to be on TV. You want to be in the ring less, too. Um, right. You know, Christian. I think Christian's run has been great. Um, yeah, I agree. I he's Christian probably the is, best heel in the company. Yes. And he's, you know, he's having, uh, you know, Christian's a guy who's been with Impact. You know, uh, he was with WWE. He went, went to Impact, went back to WWE. He's doing better work now than he did in either of the other two companies. Mm-hmm. You know, this is definitely for him. At this point in his career, he's having, he's doing his best work of his entire career. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, um, CM Punk, well, oh, Mark Henry, Mark Henry surprised me too. Cause Mark Henry was another one. He's, I, you figure he would have been a lifer, you know, do you think it was the treatment of the older stars or older generation that kind of bit, bit, uh, the, WWE yeah. in the butt could be, you know, the way they would, you know, you know, they, they'd be on TV for like the, the raw reunions, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, they would get punked out a little bit. I, that could have been it, you know. I mean, we look. We're not there, so we're not we we're not privy to what goes on, you know, when the camera's right, yeah. on. But and, still, uh, I mean, look, you you know, if you you spend years and years building up your character, you kind of want to be portrayed, you know, kind kind of still in a, in, a, in you know in a in somewhat of a strong fashion when you when you're on those those specials, and you don't want to just get punked out by the by the new guys, you know. Um, I think the one, like I said, you, you want to go CM Punk, CM Punk legit came out, talked about how much WWE sucked, which dude, not for nothing. If it wasn't for WWE, most of those fans in AEW wouldn't even know who you are. Um, you know, he, be, he became a much bigger star in those WWE ECW slash world championship runs on Raw and SmackDown than he ever was when he was doing Ring of Honor. Well, allegedly um, we might seeing him on wwe tv very right. soon so we'll 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 see we'll go to that we'll see that bridge when we grow you know and, and so, uh, exactly we'll see how his story changes and yeah. hmm, i wonder who we will be talking bad about this time so yeah so Pipe, um, um you 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 mentioned this earlier the covid impact with everything yeah. and both aew and uh nxt, NXT. both had to adapt to that situation mm-hmm. Is Correct. it safe to say since AEW had Daly's place, NXT had the Performance Center? Do you think Correct. due to AEW having Daly's place that that was a significant advantage for AEW presentation wise? I think it well presentation wise. I mean, they were they were in an empty Daly's place. I mean, mm-hmm. versus an empty Performance Center. So I mean, they both had to deal with the emptiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, when they it's, first start, it's an open, it's an open arena, so, right. so to speak. And, too. and then when when they when they started bringing fans back, and they had like they'd have like fans scattered throughout there, socially distanced. That was right. a big advantage, you know. Um, you know, it's you know, whereas WWE had to transform the performance center. Mm-hmm. You know, first 
WrestleMania. Um, and then they had to transform it and make it for, you know, NXT. And, you know, I think Triple H was actually talking about this uh, in that presser last night. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, COVID just slowed things down. You know, these are a lot of those guys didn't get to work with each other in the performance center because they couldn't be near each other. You know, they didn't have the full sale part of it anymore because, you know, they weren't going there. They lost, They weren't doing their takeovers, so they didn't have their, their arena shows. Um, it just, it, you know, they, they had at the time NXT UK, um, you know, that, that was done with. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I, 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 I think we could, we could say that no COVID, who knows, it might've turned out a little bit differently, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they definitely, they definitely changed things up, uh, when COVID, you know, was over. Well, let me just see the, I'm going to pull up the comparisons of, uh. Prior to COVID, like before COVID and before when everyone got back in, like when everyone was clear. So the week COVID happened, let's see here. So March 18th. So for March 18th, 2020, NXT got 542,000 viewers to AEW's 932,000 viewers. Okay. Almost double. And then... The next week we had NXT was six hundred sixty nine thousand to AEW's eight hundred nineteen thousand. So one went up and one went down. Yep, and it will go on like that. And then we'll fast forward to March thirtieth of two thousand twenty one. NXT mm-hmm. moves to Tuesdays, and before this, there was a losing streak for NXT for eighteen straight weeks. With, and the one before that, they tied the audience, and then AEW had three more where they won for a grand total of viewership score, or who won the viewers that week. Dynamite had 63 overall, NXT had 10, and there was a tie for two shows that tied in viewership. And if we go to the demo, that 18 to 49 demographic. We have Dynamite 174 and NXT won one of the demo with so with uh with five unopposed shows in total. When you hear these results, what what do you think? That it basically proves my point that that NXT was killed by COVID. You know, I mean, you just, you just think COVID is the primary factor, not AEW's product or star power. I mean, listen, well, I mean, so let's see what they were doing during COVID. You know, one one had the M- empty performance center, mm-hmm. one had Daly's place. You know, um, I believe you know, one in was, July and it, NXT they had that like those uh, those barriers. I, I remember the barriers because that's when retribution yeah. kind of deal, and they had like yeah. fan, like uh, their students as uh, plants, so they had. Some people, right. but before that, AEW figured out the. But, but again, they had their own people and they're not real fans, right? And let's let's not forget too. Right before the COVID shutdown, you know, AEW had just brought in Matt Hardy, mm-hmm. so you had you know you know so they had they had that that excitement of Matt Hardy coming in um, mm-hmm. right before right before the shutdown, so that you know that's going to give them that boost right there. But you know they uh they definitely were throwing more star power on, you know, in front of some fans versus, you know, the uh 
the the empty performance center. So I I do think that had a lot to do with it. Do you think AEW's? Uh, sorry to cut you off, but I think this is important. Yeah, but right. do you think do you think AEW's uh, adapted to COVID better? than wwe did like it got kind of the start on how to do these covid shows i guess right in a way well i mean i i, I mean i i don't want to say that because braun smackdown had the thunderdome you know i mean they, they they adapted pretty quickly on the fly and, and you know put the thunderdome in in tropicana field you know with, you well know, i'm just saying in the big beginning game. of covid i'm just saying in, in uh, oh, yeah. the beginning of covid okay. yeah not, not overall the, beginning- the thunder because the Thunderdome came out around, I believe, SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken. It might have, yeah, yeah. I mean, for a while they were they were you know doing this with no with no fan reactions, and it, it was listen that WrestleMania was was hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying that WrestleMania was hard to watch. Yeah, you know, seeing you know seeing the uh, those matches that should have you know been you know, selling out, um, you know, uh, was that to Tampa Bay where they were supposed to be? Right. Yeah. You know, getting, I mean, you went from having, getting to see, you know, Brock versus Drew in front of, you know, 80,000 people to Brock mm-hmm. versus Drew versus nobody. Yeah. You know, you were going to see Goldberg versus, uh, Braun. you know, it was, it was supposed to be Roman, but then Braun Roman. took his yes. place. Yeah. And then, and then Braun. And again, that was, a five minute match in the performance center, mm-hmm. you know, and it were five minute matches because, you know, one, these guys probably shouldn't, weren't supposed to be, you know, in long matches because of COVID reasons. And two, it's hard to put on a match with nobody in there. Right. So, you know, I mean, it's, it, it was, it's hard to watch. I mean, you, we talked about it at the time, like how, you know, it was, it's like that WrestleMania, you, you know, when you're flipping through the network every year in your pre, in the pre WrestleMania weeks, and you're watch rewatching all the WrestleManias like we all yeah. do. Nobody's rewatching, you know, <laughs> WrestleMania from 2020. We're skipping that one. Nobody wants to watch that. That, it, was, except, that was, it, it, except if it's the Boneyard match or the Firefly yeah. Funhouse match. Uh, I'm, we're we're going to talk about that. Time, <laughs> well, that it, that's another podcast. Firefly uh, Funhouse. Uh, is yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Boneyard, I'll give <laughs> So... Yeah. Again, March 30th, uh, 2021, yep. NXT moves to Tuesday. And the yep. week after NXT's move, NXT gets 805,000 viewers, while AEW mm-hmm. gets 1.2 million viewers for Dynamite. So it's safe to say that there was one that was choosing over the other. It made fans yep. a little bit more easier to have them both on separate nights. Correct. But another important thing that happened with the NXT move is Triple H's quote-unquote demotion in NXT. Since a lot of people thought that NXT was kind of sent there to hinder its progression a little bit, and since AEW kicked NXT's ass for a majority of the quote-unquote Wednesday Night Wars, Triple H was kind of seen as the fall guy there. And we saw it with a bunch of the Triple H hires being fired. This includes Samoa Joe, William Regal, and into a point where nxt 2.0 was formed out went the black and gold in came the performance center recruits now when nxt 2.0 happened what was your initial thought did you like it did you hate the idea what what was your thought mr seth getting used to because you know black and gold was so good right Mm -hmm. i mean 
so many great stars on there that we were we, that we were invested in. Um, and now we have a bunch of new 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 characters that we have to get used to, mm-hmm. right? So it took a little, and it, it was hard to watch at the beginning, you know, because mm-hmm. you don't know who, because because you weren't invested, you know, right. it was hard. So it's hard to sit there and, and invest two hours of your time to watch some of these characters that you don't know who they are because they weren't from they weren't from the Indies, they weren't from Ring of Honor, they weren't from Impact, they were from straight up being recruited. They were mm-hmm. brand new characters. Um, you know, also too, I think we should, was, wasn't this around the same time as Triple H's, uh, health issues too? Correct. So Correct. around, around the same it, time. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure, you know, it, it, he, you know, not having Triple H down there, hmm. you know, you know, has an impact not having Dusty Rhodes down there, you know, after his passing m- probably had an impact too, you know, uh, Dusty was a big part of that black and gold. You know, even after his passing, you know, D- Dusty was, uh, you know, Dusty's kids, as he used to call them. You know, he played a major part in their careers. But a hypothetical question. Let's say the ratings were turned out in NXT's favor. Do we see an NXT 2.0 or would do we even see NXT that it is today? You know, and, and again, I think we, we I think we talked about this once, too. I mean, you know, when, when they first, you know, when, when they first, well, as we could say, demolished black and gold and started mm-hmm. 2.0 i mean wasn't that originally was you know was, wasn't that originally the goal though to take your developmental and put them on the main roster so at where didn't we figure at some point it was going to get broken up mm-hmm. maybe not all at the same time <laughs> you know but didn't we what wasn't that always the thing where guys were going to and girls were going to get sent up to the main roster yeah. Um, well, so, well, nothing good lasts forever. Like black and gold. If no, you think of the, right. the the high point point of that era before I'll call it the network era lasted from right. 20, 2014 to 2019. So that's five years. Attitude yeah. era lasted 1997 to 2001, four years. Here. So yeah. everything is going to have a life shelf, no matter how popular it is. Like if you take current day WWE, like I'll call it the Roman era. That's not going to last forever. You know what Ooh, I mean? Don't let you hear that. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Well, I'll get, I'll, I'll get to that point when I get to it, but that call, brings me to, <laughs> which brings me to my point. We're fast forward to present day. And now NXT versus AW is happening, but now it's kind of on the flip side because as you know, and as you send me many, many, many texts about it, AEW's <laughs> attendance has been down. It's not as hot. It's not as hot as it once was. The product isn't as hot as it once was. And there's a multitude of factors for it. AEW Grand Slam, that was in Arthur Ashe Stadium in 2021. Two? 21. Two, 21. 21. 20,000 people. Then you had Arthur Ashe Stadium in 2000. 22 little over 13,000. Then you have Grand Slam this 2023, year? you have 11,000. Not as much of a decrease between uh last year and this year, but there's a lot of factors that are going on that they can't get away with in AEW anymore. For example, ticket prices could be too expensive. The card isn't announced way ahead of time. 
You know, you don't have that equity of a Royal Rumble or a WrestleMania to lean back on because you're expected something. With AEW Grand Slam, you're not really expected a type of match or a type of uh, talent that's going to be there that you could advertise ahead of time. You know what I mean? So it it's always going to have a different amount of factors of why fan attendance is going down. Another thing is saturation of the AEW market. If you look at AEW Dynamite back when we were talking about AEW versus NXT, AEW was only one show a week. Now we have AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, AEW Collision. That's three more hours of television as opposed to two more hours. So in your opinion, Mr. Seth, what has AEW have to do in order to turn back the clock and be as popular as it once was? So, to, and again, not an easy question. Mm. I thank you for that. I'm just going to, I'll think about just myself. Mm-hmm. You know, two, a couple of minutes ago, he asked me about how it was, you know, it was when, when NXT 2.0 started. And I had mentioned it was hard to watch because I didn't know the, the, the didn't know the characters. Mm-hmm. They, you know, hadn't invested in them, you know. I've now seen those characters grow for the last few years. Um, they've changed NXT, obviously, with uh, with Hunter coming back into the fold, you know, and uh, and Sean down there now um, leading it. And, you know, it, it's almost like I think we called before the morph of black and gold to, you know, 2.0 black and white. However, we, we said before, mm-hmm. but white and gold. we've invested right. We've invested in those characters you know the Tony D'Angelo's and the Tiffany Stratton's, right? We've 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 watched them grow. We watched Santos Escobar and and La Familia, right? We watched them grow and move on to SmackDown. We watched so many of these characters. We watched them grow. We could we've invested in them. I think that's my overall criticism with Dynamite is just a lot of their characters. They're not. There's there's no, you know, what am I investing my time watching? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think a lot of it's a storytelling. If Chris Jericho's on, great. You know, I'm invested in Jericho. Moxley, I'm invested in him. You know, um, now with Edge, invested. In, sorry, Adam Copeland, invested. You we'll know talk what I'm saying? About him, don't worry. <laughs> right. You know, um, but do I want to watch for two hours, or do I want to just say, let me go to YouTube and watch their segments? Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a big part. I know again, I don't know how this is for everyone else, but I think for me, you know, midweek, Friday night or Saturday night, you know, am I going to invest two hours of time in watching, or am I just going to go on the next morning and watch those, you know, the people I'm in, I, I'm interested in? I'll watch their segments on on YouTube, you know, online. I will agree with you that character is definitely one of the most important parts of wrestling. And with AEW Dynamite, for the longest time, they could have these super cards that rely less on character and more on, for lack of a better term, dream matches in the now, which they're still doing to this day, whether it enhances the pay-per-view or it's just like, all right, here's another match thrown your way. But now we have in AEW, at least now, we're starting to see more character development and more focus on everyone's character like you have christian cage 
You have mm-hmm. Tony Storm, who's doing phenomenally. Now mm-hmm. you have Adam Copeland in the fold, who's probably going to have a little bit of a departure from Edge, and we're going to see how he handles that. So I, I think, think the future for Earth, right a- yeah, I think the future for AEW is for their wrestlers to embrace being more of a character rather than just relying on the in-ring product. Now, with and I think I talked to you about this off air. WWE and AEW have different storytelling. So with WWE storytelling, it's character first, match second a lot of the times. With AEW, their storytelling is match and then character second. So with AEW, you're going to have a bunch of different styles. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have your Chris Jericho style. You're going to have that that WWE been around the world style. You're going to have that Lucha Libre style that Phoenix and Penta have. You're going to have the New Japan style. You're going to have that British wrestling style. You're going to have all these different styles of wrestling, and that is great for not only the wrestlers, but the fans too, for more variety. With WWE, it's going to be the same style, but there are going to be people who do it really, really well. I'm always going to say, like, WWE's Coca-Cola. AEW's Pepsi. Pepsi ain't going anywhere. Pepsi ain't overtaking Coca-Cola. But there's still enough room in the market for both of them. It's just a matter of not only tailoring it to their fans, but exceeding those expectations. And I think with AEW now, why the product is so cold, and again, guys, these aren't my words. This isn't only just my words. Dave Meltzer is saying it too. Just throwing that out there if you guys want to, if you guys value his opinion. Don't hate on Richie Mars. No, don't hate. You can hate on me, but you have to hate on Meltzer too, because he said the same exact thing. Now it's up to AEW to deliver on that. I mean, you have also Roderick Strong. His character has been hilarious. Being the the guy who, you know, neck neck strong, neck safety, you know, (laughs) it's like. And he didn't have a character in WWE. So there's pros and cons for people switching companies. You know what I mean? It's just a matter. And and now we're fast forwarding to Tuesday. Where once again, AEW and NXT are going head to head. And NXT has announced The Undertaker, John Cena, Cody Rhodes, and Asuka on their show. A lot of people... Uh, a, a lot, yeah, it's not a coincidence. And a lot of people are saying, oh, that's not fair. I'm just like, look, it's a chess move. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the difference is with these stars that are coming, most of these stars, with the exception of Asuka, aren't wrestling. They're just there to enhance the viewership, so to speak. And there's still going to be plenty of viewers who are going to see Edge's in ring return match as well. It's just sure. that. Nothing lasts forever. And AEW, when it first debuted, isn't as hot as it is now. But that doesn't mean it can't get back up to that point in the future. Richie, do you think there was a um, you know, a grace period for AEW where a lot of fans may have just, you know, looked the other way for some for some for you know, lack of a better term, for some of the flaws in the programming? Because they figured out oh, it's a new new it's a new uh, organization, it's a new TV show. You know, we'll 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 look the other way, you know, but, you know, now they're not looking any other way. I'm sure of it. You know, I'm sure there are those fans because, again, I think we 
you and I, we've had grace periods of uh, certain things that happen. You know, it's the old, good old uh, wait, wait, wait and see. You know what I mean? And it's like, wait and see to see if it makes sense. You know, just because they had a bad segment or a bad match doesn't mean this is the end for anything. But for me personally, when I see uh, and, and I like Orange Cassidy, I think he's good. My thing is uh, he had a match with Penta and they were doing like the Canadian destroyer things. And they were mm-hmm. like, you know, they weren't selling. They were just doing boom, 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 boom. I just said, right. well, I'm like, yeah, that was stupid. But then that was it. I didn't like go go online saying, oh, this was stu-. like psychology wise didn't yeah. make any sense. I was just like, yeah, this wasn't for me. And, but it might be for some it might be good for someone else. You never know. You know what I mean? But it's not like there's an audience, there's an audience yeah. for that. Yeah. And I feel like uh, a lot of people detraction from AEW. It's like, oh, it's a, it's a lot of. uh for lack of a better term, it's a lot of Jim Cornette talking points where it's just like, uh, oh, it's Orange Cassidy and Nick Gage 24-7. I'm just like, most sometimes they're not even on the show. Nick Gage was only on AEW Dynamite once. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. that, that's another thing with AEW. I do like they uh, have like uh, like one night deals with certain talent. They have partnerships with different companies. I like that aspect of AEW a lot because it keeps me on my toes. But Correct. It, and to also say that they don't have storylines, I disagree, but the storylines aren't as presented as the matches are. If uh, that okay. makes any sense to you. Right. Well, like listen, I think the hottest, the hottest storyline in wrestling has been the bloodline storyline. Well, I don't think there's any denying that either. Right. You know, and you know, I mean, you look at how good storytelling could be if done right. I mean, you look at that storyline and Roman Reigns is not the only star, right? Mm-hmm. You've, You've now seen you've seen main event Jey Uso. You've seen the emergence of even Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy was was in there with John Cena last I, night. I, you know? I, I said this yesterday at uh, a live stream that one year ago from to the date on Fastlane, LA Knight redebuted his character, and yeah. the reaction between that year and this year is night and day. No pun intended. Night and day. Well, and, and remember, he was going from being Max Dupree, mm-hmm. you know, with, you know, as a maximum male model. And, and you know what? Not even just him. How about Maxine Dupree? How about the emergence of her, too? Yeah. You know, you know? With, so, with Albany, so I mean, everything characters have to be tweaked. Yeah. Not only be you know? tweaked and uh, same thing with AEW. The presentation has to change as well with the time. Yes. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's great that we were getting these. I hate using the term five star matches every week, but there comes a point where you can't just go based on those five star matches. You're going to have no. to start massaging the viewer into some more things that you're offering. Right. So I think I it mean, just is a matter of time remember, before AEW does that. Do you remember? I mean, and again, it might have been different, you know, when, when you, you know, cause you, you are a little, a little younger than, than, than I am, but, uh, <laughs> I can remember watching wrestling growing up and the way characters were, were introduced was with vignettes. You know, we learned who Razor Ramon was watching him on the streets of, you know, Miami basically in his, uh, you know, his vignettes, you know, um, and then they would come, come in on wrestling challenge or wrestling superstars. And those were just two shows that was, you know, 80, 80 to 90% just, you know, squash matches with, you know, enhancement talent uh and, and then they would have they'd have one good you know one match with like for the intercontinental title every couple of weeks 
And speaking of uh, those vignettes or hyping up a star, I'm going to segue into Jade Cardgill right here, Mm -hmm. which is interesting because a lot of AEW's existence had stars from WWE, whether they left on their own or they were released, go to AEW. It seemed like every other week there was a WWE talent that was debuting in AEW. Now we're seeing a bit of a reverse because we had Cody. We have Jade Cargill, and now we're going to have the future Brian Pillman Jr. And they're doing phenomenally with Jade Cargill, like hyping her up as a superstar. And that's going to alleviate a lot of minds in some AEW stars, which is going to be interesting because now we're going to see the reverse. Now we're going to see how WWE handles AEW stars. And now that's where the real test is going to be for AEW. Because going back to my example that I was using before, you know, Back in, in the 80s and 90s, you know, when guys would go from NWA and they'd come up, they, you know, look, you know, they would get either a ridiculous gimmick or they, you know, a lot of times, you know, you look at how many times this thing said he was, he didn't want to go because he was afraid of what, you know, they would do to his character. Mm-hmm. You know, so the, the fact that bringing Jade Cardgill in with the name Jade Cardgill and, and not like, you know, you know, Jade Johnson, right? Like. She's coming in as herself. She's not coming in under a new name. And they're promoting her as, you know, the biggest free agent signing. Um, and they're giving her MVP treatment. That's that's big. Like you said, you know, other people can be like, hmm, you know, I may want to go there now. Um, and and I, I like that we're going to see this back and forth. It's not fun when it's just one one way, where it's mm-hmm. just WWE guys going over there, you know. Um you know, like I said, you know, growing up, you know, you had guys from AWE, guys from AWA would show up in WCW or NWA, NWA guys, WCW guys would show up in WWF, and they would all they would they would always you know go from the smaller ones to the bigger one eventually. You always wanted to see that. Heck, we even saw Ric Flair, you know, as the real world champion in 1992 show up, you know, on uh, primetime wrestling. You know, and you're oh my god, this is the this is their champion now, and he's he's coming here. You, you can know? listen to that you in always, our archives of the World Heavyweight Championship, yes. where me and Mr. Seth discussed that. Right, you like how I I, I, I threw it back a little long term storytelling. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, you always but you always want to see that. So it's good that we're going to start to see that again. It's good. It's good for wrestling. You know, you know, one of the things you had said before. You know, you mentioned how you got these wars going on. It's with, and then the fan, it's the fans, I think, that are making it the wars. You know, I don't think the, the companies are. I think, you know, as a wrestling fan, you should be happy if there's just so much wrestling on TV. You know, in a given week, you could put a, you could, you, I think we're, we're recording this on a Sunday night, which is one of the few nights that, that there is no wrestling on that I know mm-hmm. of. You know, you got Monday nights, you have wrestling. Tuesday nights, you have wrestling. Wednesday nights, you have wrestling except during baseball playoffs, you know, <laughs> Thursday night, you have wrestling with impact Friday night. You have wrestling Saturday night. You have wrestling. So there's the, the six nights a week. You can find wrestling on TV yeah. with different promotions. That's a good thing because for so many years after the fall of ECW and WCW, there was only one thing to watch, you know, and without competition, things get stale. They do. Yeah. Um, you know, we and we could all agree on that. And, the, the, and then you find yourself, you know, if you want to watch wrestling, just watching the old stuff on the network. And 
you, you don't have to rely on that anymore. Right. And it's so it's so good a business. It really is. Um, I mean, some things do I wish they would change, you know, some of the terminology, you know, uh, I don't know. Do we need to call it a media scrum? Can we call it a press conference? <laughs> you know, uh, Hey, Rich, here's a question for you. What, uh, yeah. the road warriors, the road warriors and dusty roads. What, uh, what, what tag team title did they hold the three of them? Did they hold the six man champion tag team champions? So why, why is it called the trios championship now? Why can't we just call it a six-man championship? So I think the trios is kind of a nod to Lucha Libre, which enhanced the trio's name and the trio style. So I think that's why they're going with the trios championship and not the six-man tag championships. Again, I would I would have gone six-man just because I'm you know I'm a traditionalist, but uh, I I will say this I will say the point of and I brought this up in the live stream yesterday. Uh, when AEW started to cool off significantly is when they bought Ring of Honor. And the reason why I say that is even though it's really cool that Ring of Honor is still exists and still has a place within the wrestling community at large, it almost seemed like for a year there was a year-long backdoor pilot to get Ring of Honor its own show on yes. Turner or Warner mm-hmm. Media. And because of that, I mean, you had Claudio as champion, you had Chris Jericho as champion, which I think was trying to convince media companies to like, hey, invest in Ring of Honor a little bit, but they didn't really bite. So now we have Honor Club. We have a Ring of Honor show, which are great. But at the same time, AEW fans are there to watch the AEW product. Granted, the AEW fan base probably likes Ring of Honor. But I think they would like AEW portrayal more than Ring of Honor, which is great. But Ring of Honor from 2005 is different from Ring of Honor in 2023, which I think so, we could agree on. A hundred percent. I compare it to being the exact same thing as with WWE acquiring WCW, hmm. and when they when they tried to put you know. Um, WCW on on uh on, on Raw, you know, remember that that first you know WCW match they had on Raw, you know, with right, uh, yeah, yeah. when they brought out, they brought out the WCW referees, they brought out the commentators. I think it was what was it? Buff Bagwell was in that match. Yes, he um, was. Buffs the stuff, you know. Man. But it didn't work because a diff- different audience, you know. It was a mm-hmm. raw, it was a Raw audience. You know, um, and I think, and this, you know, we had said for years, you know, you have a network. Why don't you just re- remake, you know, Nitro on the network even, mm-hmm. you know, rather than float the WCW championships on WWE programming like they were doing, you right. know, yeah, and yeah. that whole invasion angle, you had Shane McMahon leading and Stephanie McMahon leading the, the invasion angle with WCW guys and girls and throwing their championship. And I, and I felt like that was what they basically in a sense we're doing with, with ring of honor without the whole invasion part. Yeah. And last you big know? thing that we're going to last big thing we're going to touch on is the signing of edge slash Adam Copeland. You okay. thought he was going to retire. I said, never say never. Uh, he showed up in AEW. Kurt Angle said it too. <laughs> he, he did say it too, but again, it's like edge, right. a little more uh, Adam Copeland could have been like, uh, "Hey, buddy, don't don't spoil this for me." And Kirk said, "Been, oh yeah, I got you." You know, he could have, but again, 
we, we haven't uh, talked to Adam Copeland and Kurt Angle in a while, so we, we don't have that yeah. answer for you right I now. I text him. Get back to it, <laughs> You know, so how big is it in your opinion that Adam Copeland's going to AEW? Uh, do you put it on the same level as like a CM Punk or a Chris Jericho? Or do you like... So, CM Punk, I mean, listen, CM Punk was big. You know, mm-hmm. no, no matter how it ended... CM Punk boosted their those numbers significantly. But I think it's a different situation because for CM Punk, we hadn't seen CM Punk for years. Correct. You know, for CM for years you heard the CM Punk chants at every event, you know, especially in Chicago, but there was no sign of him unless you were watching him in uh, you know, MMA. Mm-hmm. Right? With Edge sorry, Adam Copeland, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been wrestling. You know, he came back from his career-ending injury. He had a tremendous run the last three, four years. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, he had a tremendous run. I mean, look at the guys he was in there with from Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns and, you know. Finn Balor. Balor and Damian Priest and Grace. He got the Grayson Waller rub. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but you know what I'm saying? that Even that last – the last match they had for him in Toronto, the send off. I mean, I mean, you can't write it much better from people, you know. Um, and he, and even yeah. with the presser with Triple H yesterday, he said, "Yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no heat." Like again, it's like we, again, he was right. Like Edge was right in his sentiment where it's like Edge already did everything he could at that point in WWE. Yeah. And Triple H said, yeah. "Yeah, we pretty much agree." So it's just like, which I thought was a little strange because yeah, is that. Was that true? You don't think you can use a tr- uh, an edge? I find weird, but you know, I mean, listen. I think at this point in his career in WWE, he probably would have been more of just an attraction, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what WWE um, was comfortable with being. And now Edge yeah. is full time yeah. with AEW. Yeah. You know, you know and, and, and let him do it. You know, look mm-hmm. again. Going back to what we were talking about before, guys have switched back and forth for years. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair retired, had a huge retirement ceremony, and was back on impact you know a few a few months later See, different I, situation big time different situation yeah. you know uh rick flair you don't need the money different situation i get it I, Hulk gonna, Hogan, you know, on, on impact you know different <laughs> situation all right but still guys have gone i think you know for for edge you know listen the door's always open if he wants to go back. He I, knows I think that. it's I, I think it's knows. like that's for everybody who's in AEW, whether yeah. it's a Chris Jericho, whether it's no, a Edge, whether yeah. it's Christian Cage, everybody. It's not like the old days. It's not, you know, he didn't, you know, there was no negative hostilities and now I'm going there to show you. It's not mm-hmm. like that. There's an alternative. You want to go there and and try try it out? Go for it. You know? It it's a good thing, you know? You know, if you believe that he actually got the motivation to go from his daughter, fine. You know, um, I, I think I think there's a little bit more to it than that. I think I think uh, Jay might have had a part in convincing him too, but uh, you know, I, I I like it. You know, I mean, you, you definitely get some different programming. You know, I think he's a, you know, um, you know, I think it's great that he's got his his theme song. I yeah. find it odd. I do find it odd, and I think we talked about this that you, they didn't trademark rated our superstar. <laughs> like, how, how did you let that one slip through your fingers? 
Well, you know? it's one of those things where it's, I think WWE felt safe that Edge was going to be a lifer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's one of those th- lessons where it's like, you can't like, don't count your chickens before they hatch kind of thing. It's similar to like Aleister Black. He only had a 30 day yeah. no compete clause and look what happened there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, sure. you gotta, you gotta cross your T's and you gotta dot your I's. Let, you know, I'm glad you brought it, brought up Alistair Blacks. I think that was, you know, that's been another knock. We didn't even talk about this, but, you know, that's been another knock on AEW was that they would bring in guys like Alistair Black, like Andrade, like, you know, Miro. And for how long did they, they bring these guys in and there was no story. They brought them in to get the big pop, but then they really didn't do much with them for the I longest agree. And this time. Is, Whether- this is what happens when you have. I don't want to say brand split. What when you have a roster at of so many viable guys that you're trying to establish, yeah. it's few and far between, yeah. and you can't develop a character when they're just having either squashes or classic matchups. You want to see? Granted, that's all great, but if I am not invested on, okay, what's different from Keith Lee in WWE to Keith Lee in AEW? Other than he's not the yeah. Bearcat. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's and still Keith. Have- right. Yeah. You know, it, it's same thing with Alistair Black. You know, same mm-hmm. thing with Andrade. Granted, yeah. everyone's like, oh, he, they got trapped in the Cody verse. You know what I mean? So it, it might have something to do with that. May have something to do with the fir- their first storyline not hitting as it should. You know what I mean? I mean look, so it it's look- all comes down to. What can they do to make these guys feel not mm-hmm. only as important as they were in WWE, but what's different about their presentation now? Like Miro's presentation as the Redeemer, you know, has been very good from what we've seen of it. You know, if he had, he's had backstage programs and now he's in a program with his wife, which I'm sure is a nice little change. But again, it's kind of more the same that we've seen in WWE. What makes this time different? That's different. what AEW is supposed to be different. I want to see different. Right. You know? And now like and with then, Adam Copeland and Christian Cage, it's different because Christian Cage is now the turtleneck wearing guy who just like, <laughs> like hates everybody. Yes. You know, um, but you say we're not going to get the edge and Christian show. <laughs> I do. I, I did hope. love that show. I love that I show so much. I really did. And that was when that first was. It would that was one of those original network shows. I loved it. That was great. Uh, we got to um, do a rewatch of all of them. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. We should. Um, but you know, talk about things being different in AEW. Look at Cody. I think it's safe to say Cody might be the most popular star in all of wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair, fair assumption? It, and it's a year, him, you know, it's him, LA, and Jay probably. And two years ago, AEW fans were booing him out of the building. Yeah. You know? Well, that just strange. goes to show that that goes to show different audiences. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, so, you know, you guys, did, did he, you know, here's a guy who started AEW, made the jump. He's a bigger star now than he ever was. And he's one of the most popular stars in all of wrestling. So, you know, and he didn't have to do a heel turn. He didn't have to do anything different. He's the exact mm-hmm. same character he was in AEW. But that's a character 
that was supposed to be, you know, be loved by AEW crowds. Really, the whole time it was the character that WWE crowds wanted the whole time. Yeah, you know, WWE, WWE crowds never wanted Stardust. You know, WWE crowds wanted Cody Rhodes to be Cody Rhodes, especially after Dusty died. And I think that's what set him on his journey was that he didn't get to be Cody Rhodes. Now he gets to finally be Cody Rhodes and he's where the people wanted Cody Rhodes to begin with. And I think that's a big part of it too. Whereas, you know, the, the, the AEW crowd never really sat through Stardust. They, you know, he was, he was Cody from, you know, from the Indies basically. He was Cody from Ring of Honor, but, uh, you know, they wanted, dude, th- those AEW crowds, they wanted him to turn heel so badly, man. And, you know, he didn't. And look where he is now. You know, he's arguably the most popular guy on any show. Yeah. All right, Seth, final question. Do you think the wrestling business is better off with AEW? And where do you see AEW in the future? Yeah, I mean, listen, like we said before, competition's good. Um, I don't think... I don't think anyone's going to say that AEW is going to uh, knock WWE out. I, don't, I think they're two different entities. I, I like the Coke and Pepsi analogy you gave before. You know, the, the machine that's WWE isn't going anywhere. You know, um, if, you, if you don't like it, you have, you have a great alternative. You know, um, you know it's bigger. You know, it, it's bigger than, than Impact and Ring of Honor ever were. You know, it's you know, it's, it's not as, you know, it, it's somewhere in between that and WWE, you know, and they're not on the same, you know, level as WWE. They might one day be, you know, that's great. Stranger things you know? have happened. Stranger things have happened, you know? Um, but I, th- I think it's great for, like I said, having, having options and having, you know, d- you know, alternatives is, is great. Um, you know, like we said before, when, when there's no competition, things go stale. You know, you get those years of WWE programming where they had no, no they, they had nothing to compete with other than themselves. Right. You know, you don't have that anymore. You know, um, I don't think, like I said, I don't think WWE looks at AEW as competition the same way as AEW looks at WWE as competition. Um. You know, if they did, you wouldn't be hearing their name mentioned or any references to them. So mm-hmm. I think the future, you know, I think the future is, is there. I mean, I don't see that they're not, you know, they're not going to close up shop anytime soon. I think that the, the future is good. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look, say what you want about, about the programming. They put 70,000 people in Wembley Stadium. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, that's got to say something, you know, that's got to say something right there. Um, I mean, the counter argument could be anybody would, you know, WWE could have done the same thing. Sure. But like I said, they, they were able to fill Wembley stadium and you can't fill Wembley stadium if, if you don't have a good product, right. If you don't have something that people want to see. Um, so, you know, I do think, you know, they got to, they have some kinks. They got to work out. They do. Um, it's, you know, you know, it's, it's got, you got, you got to start to develop some characters. Give me something, give me something to invest my time in. Give me a reason to watch it live versus, you know, pick and choose on YouTube, you know, which, which can be another topic for us one day too, is how social media has totally, you know, changed the wrestling business. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, you know, I mean, it's it it's it's not the same as it once was. You know, with 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 social media. So anyway, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think listen, man, you know, the connection that we've seen in the past between Impact and uh, AEW, it led to even a con- a, a, a little. You know, impact in WWE a couple of years ago at the Rumble. You know, mm-hmm. so you know it's the business has changed. You know, and and I think AEW has a lot to do with that too. So I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, Mister Seth, thank you for joining me again on the podcast. Will there be or, a five time? Uh, there's a high likelihood, a little five time nice. on there, and I think I have the perfect topic for that one. Stay tuned for that, folks. But. Of course, I am Richie Mars. You can catch me on the Instagram, Twitter, or X, and TikTok at Retold Richie Mars. Catch all these episodes every Tuesday. I'll see you guys later. TTFN, ta-ta for now. See ya later.